Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Um, I was looking outside my office at home and there's a, an A-frame house roof outside the window where I was preparing. And um, I felt like God spoke to me about you guys while I was looking at this A-frame room, a house. And I felt like God say that you've been ascending and climbing. I, I literally like saw you. It went from being a house to like a steep mountain that you were ascending and um, climbing up to go on, up one side. And, and it turned from um, just walking up to being in like very deep snow. You know how when there's a lot of snow? So I felt like God, you know, show me that it's been a lot of hard work, long and steep. But just ahead, God's bringing you to a place of new horizons. And I saw you at, at the top of this ascent. And I saw you looking out and felt God's going to show you things. You're going to see differently. And you're going to see things that you haven't seen before. And it's, it's like he's bringing you into a place of freshness and ease. And it's because of the hard work. It's because of what's been going on this side that you're going to have ease on the other side. And I just felt God say to just keep focused on him, dependent on him, and he's going to make the way. And I, I just saw you up there in this place of refreshing, but it's the place of refreshing is so that you can go down and get and possess what God has got for you. But you are going to see new things, new possibilities, and there's a new day ahead. So, yeah, I don't normally see those things when I look at a roof, but I was like, okay, this is definitely a God thing, but... That's what I thought. But out of that, I, I, um, the message this morning is called um, The Great Ascent. And I, I heard a message from Dr. Sam Chan recently, sometime this year. And he said that we're all born into possibility, each and every one of us. He said, who we have been with defines where we are today. We all had the potential to speak any language. I'd never thought about this before. But he said, we all had the potential to speak any language, depending where we were born. Depending what family we were born into. If it was a French family, you would have grown up speaking French. If it was a Dutch family, you would have grown up speaking Dutch. If it was Swedish, it would have been Swedish. If it was Australian, you would have grown up speaking Australian, mate. (laughs) But the question is are we living out of our possible self or our historical self? Big difference. David the shepherd boy, his historical self, but God saw a king, the possible self. Nehemiah was a cupbearer living out of his historical self, but God saw a restorer of the walls. Peter was a fisherman, his historical self, but God saw a preacher impacting thousands of people's lives. That was his possible self. So what could our possible self look like? 
I think we can just get caught up in the busyness of life and not even realise we actually have a possible self that we possibly are not living from right now. Because we're just living out of this place that we were born, our historical self. To go places God wants us to go, it requires us to go higher to where he is. You know, our God possibility depends more on our want to than it does on God. God has the want to. God's there. God sees differently than we see ourselves. But it depends more on us. He's already the God of the over and above. He's not the problem. We're the problem. What we believe is the problem. Psalm 24.3 says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. And the reality is we all in this room today have the potential to ascend to a higher place than we are today. To ascend means to go up, it means to climb, it means to scale, and it means to go over. Just like that picture I saw for Tony and Kath as also preparing this message. But m- many like the idea of the great ascend, but they'd rather live in the great escape in the easy place. They want the benefits without the effort. But to have what God desires for us, it requires for us to make the stretch. I'll never forget a businessman that had made his way way up the ladder in his career. And he was a very successful, very wealthy businessman. And he became a Christian and Paul was mentoring him. And I'll never forget he asked Paul because he was so used to quick fix keys. And he said, okay, give me three keys that I need to get there fast. Three keys to be a successful Christmas uh, Christian. Tell me what they are. <laughs> he had actually no concept of the journey. He had no concept of the effort, the dedication, the sacrifice. He just saw Paul's life and he wanted that. But he had no idea that he had to do some work. But he was on a mission, he was in a hurry, and he didn't, want the, he didn't want the work, he just wanted the result. But to have what God wants us to have, it requires us to go up to where he is. You know, the de- describing words from the dictionary for ascend are all about us going somewhere. Not doing more, not striving to get it, but learning to go where God is, to lean into, to lean on, to lean toward him. And that requires a stretch. It requires time. It requires discipline. And it requires desire. It doesn't just happen. Now, there are three rules of mountaineering. It's always further than it looks. It's always taller than it looks. And it's always harder than it looks. We're renovating a house right now and people said to us, it always costs more. I've heard this several times. It always costs more and takes longer. And I was like, nah, yep. 
Maybe for you, but that's not going to happen to us. Famous last words. <laughs> it costs more and it's taken a lot longer and it's still not over yet. But, you know, pushing into God isn't easy. Pushing into that place, into that possible place, isn't easy. It takes longer and it costs, but it's worth it. So how prepared are we really to go up, to climb, to scale, to go over to the heights that God wants us to experience? Because we get to determine how far we go. It's not about God getting us there. It's about how far do we want to go? Because God wants, he's got incredible heights and places for us. But how far do we want to go? So Francis' young husband said this, to those who have struggled with them, the mountains reveal beauties that they will not disclose to those who make no effort. That is the reward the mountains give to the effort. And it's because they have so much to give and give it so lavishly to those who will wrestle with them that men love the mountains and go back to them again and again. The mountains reserve their choice gifts for those who stand upon their summits. I love that. Maybe hard, tough, long, but look at the view, the breathtaking view, the expansion from the effort that you made to get there. So where do we want to live from, our possible self or historical self? What kind of person, what kind of Christian do we want to be? Do we want to be a conqueror or conquered? Do we want to be a warrior or a warrior? I used to be a real warrior. And I had to learn to deal with that in God. To be an overcomer or to be overcome. When we're prepared to scale and go up, you know, the, the thing about life and the stuff that we go through, it's never in God just about us. It's always about other people. And when we're prepared to go up, we can lead others. We can show others the way. We can show others that it is possible to break through. It is possible to have restoration. It is possible to have your life turned around because you were prepared to go up. You can lead the way for others. You know, it's great to have enthusiasm and passion and energy, but we need follow-through. We need persistence to go with it. And, you know, God is relying on you and I literally relying on us to be forerunners for this generation. To be forerunners for those that don't yet know God. To go in to the heights of the summit. We just don't know what's waiting on the other side. But they're waiting for us. There's a generation waiting for us to show them the way. James Allen says, you will become as small as your controlling desire and as great as your dominant aspiration. That's so true. We live in a generation that are encouraged to aspire high, dream big. But with that, we need to be prepared to go, be prepared to go up. We need to be prepared not to give up or give in. You know, I think in this instant society that we live in, everything's so instant and you can have it, you can do it, that if it if it doesn't happen now, we give up. We throw in the towel. And we've got to be people that know what it is to, to stick it out. 
And, and we can let that instant society creep into our God expectations, our God journey. But for God, it's, it's a place he wants to, he wants to actually us to get to know him in a deeper place. If he gave us everything we wanted instantly, we wouldn't really get to know who he is. Psalm 27, 4 in the Message Bible says, I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing, to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. That's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world. The perfect getaway, far from the buzz of traffic. God holds me head and shoulders above all who try to pull me down. I'm headed for his place to offer anthems that will raise the roof. Already I'm singing God songs. I'm making music to God. Listen, God, I'm calling at the top of my lungs. Be good to me. Answer me. When my heart whispered, seek God, my whole being replied, I'm seeking him. Don't hide from me now. You've always been right there for me. Don't turn your back on me now. Don't throw me out. Don't abandon me. You've always kept the door open. My, my mother and father and mother walked out and left me, but God took me in. Point me down your highway, God. Direct me along a well-lighted street. Show my enemies whose side you're on. Don't throw me to the dogs, those liars who are out to get me, filling the air with their threats. I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. I love that. The bottom line is in that, those verses is God can only do what we allow him to do. He can only work with what we give him. He does have greater plans for us. But are we, are we prepared what it, to do what it takes to get it? So I just wanted to look this morning at three potential things that could block us and what it, what it takes to ascend to this place, the possible place, rather than living in the historical place. And the first one is our priority, which is obvious. But when we give him our will and ourselves, he walks beside us and he climbs with us. And in Matthew 6.33 it says, he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. I love that. It's an encouragement to not forget day to day we need him. Every day we need his word. Every day we need to spend time with him. Every day we need to get in that secret place so that he can speak to us, he can encourage us, he can enfresh us and equip us for the journey ahead. When, you know, when something, when someone falls in love and somebody, it's a priority to them, that person becomes a priority, nothing else matters. When, when something's our priority, it's our focus. We'll do whatever it takes to make that thing happen that is a priority to us. So on a scale of 1 to 10, where is our prior, priority for more of God? Where is our priority to not live in this historical place but reach our possible place? Sometimes when things go wrong in our life, all of a sudden God comes out, becomes our priority. 
we get caught up in life and we forget to do the daily things we need to do. And then all of a sudden we're in a drama and you're on your knees and you're crying out to God. It soon becomes your priority to hear from God, need God, want God. I, I, I call it a little bit like cramming when we're doing an exam. We know we should be studying along the way. But then the night before the exam, you're cramming because you don't want to fail. You know, you want to pass the test. And we do that with God sometimes. We forget about him and then all of a sudden we're cramming because we're desperate. Then many times our primary concern can be our careers, making money, whatever it is. So many things that try to distract us. Because we do live in a busy 21st century. We live in a world of much distraction that's trying to take our, us away and weaken who we are. Yeah, sometimes it could be our friends or people that we hang around with without even realising it, taking up your time, distracting you from the best you that God wants you to be. Maybe they're people that are not helping encourage us to go to greater places in God. When I was younger, so much younger than today. No, when I was a young girl, I was in a relationship for three plus years. And during that relationship, I met Jesus. And I come from a broken family and <clears throat> my dad died very young and a whole lot of stuff happened. And I came from a dysfunctional, broken background. And when I met this guy, he had um, three brothers there were three in the family and this family took me in and loved me and it was like become a security for me. They, they treated me like a daughter. And I remember being in that relationship, um, just, I still felt like there was something missing but it was a good substitute for the time. They were good people, they loved me, it was my security but during that time I had a God encounter. Somebody introduced me to Jesus and I responded to him. I wanted him. And that was the empty place that I knew I was looking for, that he filled. And the, the thing that happened was, even though they were very good people, they loved me, I was challenged, do I want good or do I want God? And I had to make a decision in that relationship and it was probably one of the hardest decisions I'd ever had to make, to leave that family. I didn't just really leave the guy, I left the family. And that was very hard for me to do. But sometimes we have to be prepared to let go of something to go up. And I just knew that I wouldn't be able to go where God wanted me to go by being in that relationship because they didn't want to go there. And I had a choice to make. And sometimes that's the case in our life. We have to look at the people that are surrounding us and like, are they encouraging me to go higher? Are they challenging me to go higher? Make sure we have people around us that challenge us for the God thing. People that are, are, are going to challenge your behaviour, challenge your attitudes, challenge your speech if they're not what they should be so that you can reach a place that God wants you to reach. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. 
So it's important to know we've got the right people around us that are going to take us to the place God wants us to go. When I was a teenager, because of stuff that had happened in my life, I pretty much lived as a victim. And I allowed other people because I didn't know who I was myself. I was just living out of my historical self, which was broken and damaged and didn't feel like I had much value. So I allowed other people to dictate who I was because I didn't know who I was. But that was because of my brokenness and insecurity. And I wasted a lot of years and a lot of emotional damage was done to my soul as a, res- as a result of that. But there came a time where Jesus came on the scene and I had to decide who did I want to serve? What did I want my life to become? What kind of legacy did I want to leave? Because I had a historical legacy, but what kind of legacy did I want to leave? And I had a choice to do something about it and put some priorities in place in my life. Now, Bill Hybels has got a book called Simplicity. And basically, it's a book about prioritising your time so that you can do and be who you want to be. And he says in the book, what do you want to be? Because you can decide and make it happen. You're in charge of your time and decision to make it happen, he says. And in other words, he's talking about priority. And he talks about diarising things. That's, that's what he was talking about. But if something is a priority to you, you'll make sure it happens. And he talked about in his own life, Uh, being healthy was a priority. So in his diary every day at three o'clock, he's got an appointment to go to the gym. And he said, it's not an option. It's in there. It's an appointment. So I do it. And I just think sometimes we don't make the priorities that we need to get to where we want to go in God. So priority is one. Another one is our perseverance. You know, I've had so many ascending experiences in my life where God has called me to a higher place, not to stay in a comfortable place. It's so easy to just stay in the comfort of where we are. But many times he's called me out of that place to go higher, further, dealing with attitudes, dealing with hurts from my past, unforgiveness. Um, And it's taken a lot of scaling, to be honest, on my part. didn't just happen. I wish it did, but it didn't. I had to work for it and I had to decide and be determined that if I want to get out of this place I find myself in, I need to go to him. I need to go up. My definition of scaling and ascending is desperation for God, determination to do whatever it takes, surrender of my will and a resolution and decision to take on the enemy at whatever cost. And I remember a time I just felt so stuck. I had a lot of residue and junk from my past. And, and, and it was holding me back. I really could, could sense it was holding me back. or I was experiencing that. And I wanted to go forward. I desperately wanted to go forward. And now I was determined, whatever it takes, God, I do not want to live with this anymore. I'd become comfortable with my stuff. And I just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to stay in this place. So I got quite indignant inside that I'm going to do something about it. And there was a, a revival happening at the time. This was quite a few years ago now. 
And I, we were in New Zealand, and it was in Toronto. This revival was in Toronto. And I remember hearing about it, and it was all these amazing things were happening in people's lives. And for some reason, I felt I need to go there. I just know God wants me to go there. The only problem is there was an airfare and accommodation and a family that I had at home. And God spoke to me. He didn't speak to Paul. He spoke to me about it. So... I just knew I was desperate. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to persevere and do whatever it takes to get there because I know this is God. You know, sometimes God can speak to us about something and we feel like, yeah, it's God, yay. And if it doesn't happen easily, we don't persevere. But in this situation, I knew I had to persevere because determination doesn't get you anywhere without, I mean, desire doesn't get you anywhere without determination. And I I was on my knees, I was praying, I was seeking God and the good thing was it was increasing my faith. I was pushing into God. It's like, God, I know you want me there. I don't know how it's going to happen. And it got to a point where I actually booked with a a lady in the church because I knew without a doubt God wanted me there and so I booked the ticket without having... um, well, I booked in when the times were going to be without actually having the money because Paul said to me, if we have to, we can get a loan for you to go. And I didn't want to do that because I didn't feel like that was going to happen, but God wanted that to happen. But, you know, there was a bit of tension, I might say, between Paul and I at the time because, like, remember, God had spoken to me, not him. So, And uh, he's like, well, if you're sure it's God, then you're going to have to have your own faith to get there. That's the initial thing he said. But then when the time was running, getting closer to when we were meant to leave, leaving, um, I, I was like, okay, that loan, loan sounding good because there was no money. But I remember clearly being at their clothesline one day and the phone ringing and I went to the phone and somebody had no idea what was going on in my situation just said, look, I've inherited some money from a grandfather that died and I felt like God tell me that, to give you $3,000. And that's exactly what I needed to get to Toronto. (laughs) It was awesome. But what was awesome is what took place when I got there. Because I had a lot of deep stuff happen to me as a child. And when I got there, I was like, okay, God, I was on every altar call. I went there. I was like, God, I did not come here for nothing. I came here to meet you and I'm not leaving until I do. I was just determined and persevering and pressing into God. And I have to say, God met me in a way I never would have thought possible. I I encountered God in such a supernatural way. It hasn't happened since the way it happened there. But I literally was just fell to the ground. And God took me back to when I was a young girl, to when I was eight years old. And showed me stuff in my life, which was very, very painful. It was like, but I felt like he was kneeling down beside me, just saying, "It's okay. I've got your hand." It was. I saw like a waterway, and you know how they have the rocks. And he was like trying to encourage me, "Just step on there, step over here, and I've got you. I'm not going to let you go." And a long story short, I'll try and make it as short as I can. But I just had the most incredible, intimate, personal experience with God, and He took me back into those years that were very, very painful. And then I went back. That was one meeting. I was out on the ground for a couple of hours. I went back at night and I went down on the ground again. It was just like I couldn't help it. It was like the presence of God just cement poured over me and dropped me to the ground. And this time 
He said, I'm going to take you back, but I'm going to pour my love into those years. And it was like year after year after year till I was an eight-year-old girl. I felt like I was going back. And I seriously could not get off the ground. I had to be carried out of the building because the weight of God's love was so heavy on me. I literally couldn't walk. My legs were like lead. And the most embarrassing thing was the AOG superintendent for Australia and New Zealand were both in that meeting and they had to carry me out of the building because I couldn't walk. But the point I'm making, I had to persevere. And when I persevered, I, I ascended to the place where I saw God and God did amazing things in my life that I could have missed out on if I didn't. Just thought, okay, well, the F is too much. And even to get the loan, I just knew that wasn't right. But God restored, renewed, replenished and removed residue from my life in that place. But it was because I had to make the ascent to get to him. I can tell you a lot of other situations, but I don't have time today. But God is amazing. When we make the effort, he meets us there. He, makes, he doesn't allow us to walk alone. There's a story in Mark 5, 25 to 33 about a woman with the issue of blood who had many, many, many years of weariness, of tiredness, of this issue that just crowded and clouded her life. You know, but I, I don't believe this story is just about a woman who pushed her way through a crowd to touch Jesus. It's a story about a woman who was desperate. It's a story about a woman who was prepared to persevere in spite of her circumstance because she didn't want to stay in her historical place. She wanted to live and experience the possible place where Jesus was. And she was desperate to ascend to that higher place. She would have felt outcast, shamed, unloved, just totally exhausted from the years that she had been in this situation. But the Bible says when she touched the hem of Jesus that she was healed immediately. But I believe it's because he saw her heart and she went after him. You know, there were plenty, plenty of people around her that probably didn't get saved or didn't get healed, sorry, that day. But they could have. They could have had that experience if they persevered enough if they were desperate enough. You know, bleeding today may not necessarily be literal in your life, but you've had things that you've been holding onto maybe that are wearing you down. Things that have been around for years that you need to be free of so that you can walk in the freedom God wants you to have. Maybe they're addictions. Maybe unforgiveness. Maybe depression, fears, rejection, insecurity. I don't know what it is. I just want to encourage you today, don't give up. Go up. Don't give up. Go up to where he is. Don't live in the comfort of your historical self, but reach toward your possible self. Lastly, it's our humility. It's our priority, our perseverance, and our humility. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 says, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light.
You know, we just, we just live in such a restless society. Busy, 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 restless, restless souls. And I just think it's just such a big epidemic of the 21st century, all the distractions that we have. And we keep going in our own strength as a result of that. But we will deplete if we don't learn what it is to come to him daily, to go to that, that, that costly place of time with him, dependence on him, rest in him. You know, to have more doesn't translate to doing more. To have more of him translates to giving more of ourselves to him. Psalm 84, 1-7 in the Message Bible, and I'm going to ask the team to come back and join me, says this, What a beautiful home, God of the angel armies. I've always longed to live in a place like this, always dreamed of a room in your house where I could sing for joy to God alive. Birds find nooks and crannies in your house. Sparrows and swallows make nests there. They lay their eggs and raise their young, singing their songs in the place where we worship. God of the angel armies, King, God, how blessed they are to live and sing there and how blessed all those in whom you live, whose lives become roads you travel. They wind up through the lonesome valleys. They come upon brooks. They discover cool springs and pools brimming with rain. God travelled these roads, curve up the mountain, and at last turn Zion, God in full view. I love that psalm. Do you know God, as I said, has got incredible sights for our life. He's got incredible experiences for us to experience, but we need to be the ones that are prepared to ascend. There are new possible places that God wants to take us. Let's make sure that we don't park in our historical self, where we find ourselves today, whatever that is, but aim to live in that possible place that is made possible in our relationship in Him. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.